0: If you guys haven't heard of Gold Boy's Wholesale and Distribution yet, you are in for a treat. Gold Boy's Wholesale and Distribution is all about innovative, top-quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme. They have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, Mm. you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products as well as Quantum Muscle Rub, Rehab X, and many more. Check them out online today and have products shipped straight to your door, or you can check out their their smoker boutique. It is something you have to see for yourself if you can't make it out to their shop. Remember to browse their products online at goldboys303.com. That's goldboys303.com where everything is.
1: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and
2: pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis
3: Dom two hands to Nikola Jokic. Saved me by Krubauer with the left pad. Oh goodness
1: gracious me! Take a good look. You won't see it long. Two run home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown.
2: You what's know, the opposite of a gold boy? Oh my god, A horse girl. <laughs> uh,
0: oh no! Okay. I mean, that's we pretty, pretty tame for where that could 25 gone. viewers, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for everyone who's sticking around to this. This is the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I'm really rocking all of my Breck gear today. Um, there's I, the best beer. I and still did
4: not get a, a a swag bag. So sorry. No, that's
0: a Lindsay. Rudo, I'll yell at her. Um, happy birthday, Rudo! No, no, happy, birthday, happy birthday, It is Rudo's birthday, so that is why live viewers can see that Ryan is wearing a Rudo shirt.
1: We stand a king. Not that you need a reason to wear a Rudo I shirt. G- yeah, it doesn't true. require a special. Uh, Rudo
0: is uncomfortable by the Rudo shirts that we have.
1: Yeah, understandably.
2: Yeah, As <laughs> As he if y'all
3: want to wear them, I'm not going to stop you.
2: But it's, <laughs> it's weird.
3: Why is it weird? I don't know. (laughs) I just, I walk into a room and see people with my name on their shirt, and it's like,
0: that but means you're working for a company that really loves you.
3: Well, thank you. Man.
4: <laughs> I appreciate it. it. Little did you know, I uh, <laughs> fell asleep in your shirt and woke yeah. up in it the next morning. See, <laughs> <laughs> the, the weird <laughs> thing I saw just nice. Rudo. It
3: was this is
2: not
1: your face. That'd be much weirder.
0: That like the name. I mean, weird. we can
2: arrange that. Uh, <laughs> those mean, are the next shirts. Some <laughs> people really like horses. I really like Rudo.
0: I, are you gonna go with this bit? This the we're entire going,
2: we're time? coming back this all day. This is the theme of the
1: episode now. I
0: will kick you out. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of Rudo and your birthday, we do have to start off with the Avs who played last night. They fell to the St. Louis Blues five two and season's over. Yeah, according to a lot of Cancel. Twitter fans, the season's done. Rudo Ryan wrote in our group chat this morning. Why? Why was this such a big deal for so many Avs fans?
3: I'm gonna say this once. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> They lost a single game in the middle of December, and they're still 21-9-3, so they're doing just fine. But the reason everyone was so hyped on this game is because the St. Louis Blues are the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're at the top of the Western Conference, and as a team, this has been their first real test of can they contend for a Stanley Cup? Can they compete with some of these top teams in the league? And the answer this time around was, unfortunately, no. But it's one game, and on the whole, they've beaten teams like Boston already this year. So there's plenty of opportunity for them to continue having a successful season and contend when the time comes.
0: They also had two of their four best defensemen out. EJ and Kale McCarr are not playing right now. That has an effect.
3: It has a a serious effect in two ways. One of the biggest problems they had was moving the puck out of the defensive zone, which is kind of Kale McCarr's thing. Kind of. And (laughs) the second thing here is this game was a very playoff atmosphere as far as the way the refs called it. People were getting away with a lot of things. Eric Johnson is the most experienced defenseman on the team. He's the player that understands... All right, maybe I can get away with a grab here a hold there, and he was not there in that game to be doing that to be limiting the St. Louis offense a little bit more. So St. Louis wasn't healthy either. They were missing one of their top goal scorers, but the Avs I think definitely were on the wrong side of that trade.
2: You know what's cool about playoff hockey? Uh one penalty in the end of the second period can't make you lose a whole series. It That's can't very make you true. lose a whole game in the middle of December. Uh but Last night was – it felt kind of fluky to me. Like, yes, they got outplayed in the first and outplayed in the third. But they were outplaying them by a lot. They were dominant. 18 minutes of the second period. They take a dumb penalty. They – or what, what, 16 minutes? They take a dumb penalty. They give up two goals, and the game's just flipped on its head and whatever. Like, if that happens in a playoff series, you're upset. But there's another game the next two nights later that, you you know, you come back and, and regroup. And this is – for the Avalanche fan base, I think
3: this is a very deep-set fear with this team because they have spent years being that team where one thing goes wrong and the entire game just falls apart on them. And that's kind of what happened. They came out in the third period after giving up those goals, and they just didn't have it. It it was just not there. But you got to focus on the positive sometimes, and – they were leading the St. Louis Blues 2-1 to for a good chunk of that game. They did not play a great first period, but they hung with the Blues. They only fell down by one, and they capitalized on their opportunities in the second period. Yeah, bad penalty, bad PK, inexcusable, but not the end of the world because they're going to go out tomorrow night. They get to play another game. They get to respond to this last time they played the blues which was earlier in the season about a month earlier they lost to the blues they went on to lose five of their next six if they can come off of this game and go 500 even four and two in their next six that's improvement it's not hard for them to continue trending in the right direction it's just not going to be the immediate climb to the top that a lot of people felt like was coming
2: well and i would get it if this was at the back end of a bad stretch, you know. Maybe they'd lost three, or you know, three of their last four, and then they lose this one, and it's like, man, what's going on? They were eight zero and one, right, in their exactly. last nine games going into this. Like, they can't, they can't have one little letdown without everyone freaking out. It's, it,
3: it's an unfortunate circumstance of the game itself as well, because everyone was getting hyped around it. Ryan O'Reilly, an ex-AV, has played mm-hmm. for this team, won the cup. There are a lot of fans that weren't exactly happy with how O'Reilly left the team. So there's a lot of factors that go into wanting to beat this team. And the Avs have struggled against the Blues and their play style of very slow-paced, very grind-out-the-game. It's just not something the Avs match up well with. So a lot of people wanted to see them take that next step and say, hey, we don't care how you play. We're going to play our game and, and get the job done. And I go back and forth because in the second period, that's exactly what they did. They said, we're going to play fast, we're going to beat you with our skill. They did that, and then they stopped doing it in the third. And that's unfortunate, but it's still a learning process for this team. And one game does not shake my faith in the fact that I still think they're contending.
0: Uh, Philip Grubauer made his first start in net after a few games out with a lower body injury. Uh, Someone in our Periscope comments said, need to stay with Frankie in goal right now. How do you feel about the goal-tending situation?
3: Um... I knew this was going to come after a couple of great games from Franzos. There is no goaltending controversy yet in my mind. It's great that Franzos has played very well. He's getting games like the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. That's not a particularly challenging game. He's what are you trying to say? <laughs> no, they're bad. <laughs> they're bad. Um, he's getting games like Tampa Bay, good team. The Avs dropped seven goals on him. So it's like a pitcher in baseball getting quality run support. You know, his numbers are going to look real good when the game is over by the third inning. It's just the way it goes sometimes. Grubauer didn't play great against uh, the Blues. I don't think he played terribly, though. His defense hung him out to dry on most of those goals. And he is still the starter. He was brought in to be the starter. You can't just waver on that at the first sign of any issue at all. If he starts to fall off, if he has a four or five game stretch where he's really struggling, great. You have a Francois you can go to to be confident in, and then you can start to have that conversation if he keeps it up.
0: And we've seen that happen last year with Semyon Varlamov and Philip Grubauer. There were those stretches where they had to put in Grub because yeah. Semyon wasn't doing. Yeah, that well.
3: I mean, there was a two month stretch last year where neither of them could save Ugh. anything, but. It's the
0: Hamburglar. And <laughs> that was, and
3: that's what this Abs team is, know, late, is trying later, to avoid earl, for the no, most earlier. part. Earlier? That was the year before. Yeah.
0: Hamburglar was already 2 years ago? Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was 1718.
0: Wow, time flies. Yeah,
3: and now it'll it'll be 2020 in 2 weeks, but yeah. It's the mm. team is trying to avoid the long stretches of losses, right? They had that 1-5 game losing streak this season so far. You only have one of those, guess what? You're in the playoffs, and you probably have home ice advantage going into the playoffs. So win a couple games to follow up in this Blues, and it's situation
4: normal. You're all set. I was surprised by the reaction because my understanding was this team definitely clears that threshold of good enough that you're kind of just waiting to see if they're healthy in the postseason. And then you figure it out from there, but there's no point almost like evaluating them on a game-to-game basis. Like, are they good enough? I was a little surprised.
3: Honestly, yeah. I, I agree with you for the most part, but... Everyone wanted to see a big game, right? right? They wanted to see St. Louis is in the same division. This is the team that if they're competing
4: for the top of the division, they need to find a way to beat. And if they're a better team than they were last year, then maybe the, that's the exact game where they come out and kick.
2: Right. And but the, the, One of the main reasons they're a better team than they were last year is because they have a superstar rookie. He wasn't playing. Who wasn't exactly. playing. Exactly. That's a good and point,
3: right? I, they play the Blues again January 2nd hopefully Kale McCarner Johnson are healthy for that game. And is that at home? It is at home as well. Both the games against the blues have been in St. Louis, a building. The abs have been awful in for years, except for that one time where it really m- counted in 2018. Um, so really curious to see how they respond to the game and then how they play the blues, the next opportunity they get. And yeah, as Brendan was saying, Look at what this team has done in 10-game stretches so far this season. They started the season 8-1-1, one and one, then they had their five-game losing streak, and since then they've been significantly over five hundred again, especially since they've gotten healthy. So losing your mind over one game is just crazy talk.
1: But Let it they, go. But if they lose on January 2nd, we can burn the whole thing down? Yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Just burn the
3: Pepsi Center yep. down on your yep. way out if yep. they get rocked again.
1: Sorry, Nuggets.
0: <laughs> you can't I'm, play anymore I no one that, cares
4: anymore
2: <laughs> I, yeah. I think i heard on the broadcast last night that was and he did get banged up so maybe you can not even count it i think that was only the third game they've lost all season that miko Rantanen played start to finish they're like 14 and two yeah that sounds that. that sounds right because yeah they were eight one and one and then they played the
3: blues and he got hurt in that game which they lost and then he was gone for 16 games And then he came back, and they won a bunch of games. And
0: he had a beautiful goal in last night's game. Might
2: have been two overtime losses with him, not even.
3: Yeah, one of them was the Flames in overtime for sure. So So it might have been
2: 14-0-2. He he is
3: truly a special talent because he just has that shot in his bag. He rarely uses it because he doesn't have to, because he can make magical passes to McKinnon through the seam. But... (laughs) If you don't pay attention to him, he's like, oh, right. I score goals also, by the way. (laughs) So I'm pretty good. I don't know.
0: All right. So the Avs take on the Blackhawks tomorrow. Like you said, a game where they can bounce back. Then they take on the, oh, that's right. We have a watch party at Sports Column. We'll be celebrating Rudo's birthday and watching the Avs. It's going to be a fun time. So be sure to stop by.
2: First Christmas ale is on us. Ooh. If you are RSVP, you got to go, RSVP. Go
0: RSVP. We have Eventbrite on Facebook, on Twitter, on our website. All go look for it, and you'll find it. Uh, then they play the uh, Hurricanes, and then the Blackhawks again. How are you expecting them to do in this three-game stretch?
3: You got to take two out of the three. Um, the way they played the Blackhawks so far this season, that team just has no defense and. The Avs are fully capable of dropping seven on them whenever they feel like it. So go out, make it easy on your defense for a game, and just win a game with your goal-scoring ability. The Canes game I think will be interesting, obviously, the second half of a back-to-back. They get it at home, but they're a decent team. You want a game to look at, you're upset about the Blues game, look at that game. You win those games if you're a great team in the NHL. You find a way to just pull out the W, even if it is a back-to-back, against a good team.
0: Drew, you're kind of obligated to go to uh, the game on Saturday against the Blackhawks since last time you were at the Pepsi Center. You went to the game, Babs blackhawks and they scored seven
1: goals. Yeah, I guess goals. so. Yeah, So yeah. you should get I, some I, tickets for it. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say, if anyone out there has <laughs> got, got a Christmas present they want to send my way. Wait, is that is that also Star Wars night?
2: Mm. Star
1: Wars night is Thursday. Um.
2: Brutal. Yeah, See if they could
1: have lined those up for me. That eh, maybe would have made that happen. <laughs> maybe maybe would have made that happen. I don't want to run the magic out though. If I go again, and so you're nervous. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about it. Or, or Do I save it for the playoffs? Like
0: you're not going to go to a game until the playoffs.
1: I'm probably going to go to a game before. Okay. That. I, don't, I don't. Yeah. I just got. I got to pick them strategically. I need help with this. Hurricanes do. Spin and you're still waiting to see a spinny go live. I think so. Okay, okay, I like
3: the logic there. (laughs) Hurricanes do spin, it's the title of this dropping facts on
4: today's podcast. You cannot disprove it. Is that that even true? Do hurricanes literally spin? If anyone's a science nerd and you're watching this (laughs) on, actually, well, I understand that that's what we think, (laughs) but you should know that. I just, I'm just wondering if if it's literally spinning. I'm not a weatherman, and you're in the periscope. Let us know. I don't okay. think there's you any scientists scientist. in, the, in the periscope. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: just need to have seen like a GIF of a bird's eye view of a yeah. A have a you hurricane. not? Do you no, want I understand to it that it that it looks <laughs> like it's spinning.
1: No, right, you guys.
2: Can move on past.
0: this episode like of Sports Science,
3: we fire a hockey puck into um, a hurricane.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna use the transition of your Star Wars night into the Nuggets because oh, the Nuggets uh, played the Knicks on Sunday. They beat them 111 to 105, and I believe that was the fourth game the Knicks, have, the Knicks have played on the road during someone else's Star Wars night. Yeah, it was
4: their fourth consecutive Star Wars night. That's so weird. I gotta ever. get that gig. Which <laughs> out, like, Star Wars night, isn't that like May 4th? Isn't that usually yeah. May the 4th be with you? But There's a new movie to cut. So every team's got a Star Wars night every yeah. other night.
5: It's kind of like scheduling homecoming against your easiest opponent. <laughs> Star oh, Wars I mean, night, yeah. bring the Knicks in town. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Easy.
0: So, the Nuggets have been on an upward trend this or this right. homestand. They've won their three games, and the season's not over for them, yet people before, after that East Coast trip, believed it was. How, what are a few things you've seen from their performance recently that you've really enjoyed?
4: Yeah, well, I would even go back all the way to the loss in Boston. I know they lost two more games from there, but Jokic dropped 30-10 and 10 in that game, and you saw him get really aggressive on Daniel Tice and um, – I was worried because sometimes those games are maybe ammunition for Jokic's argument against him shooting more. He's like, look, I went out and I dominated one-on-one and we got rocked, right? Because he doesn't see a correlation between his aggressiveness and the, and them winning. But there is one. And so he's he's clearly hearing his coach, his teammates, the media. He's meeting them in the middle, and he's not allergic to the post anymore. He's looking at the rim. He's scoring at will down there. And that's just opening things up for the rest of the offense. So, If you're looking for reasons why the nuggets are trending up, why you should be hopeful, Jokic looks like himself again, and that's obviously the most important thing.
2: I think he shot what 21 times the other night, something upwards of that. Like it's so great to see him in that phase because like the truth is, as hopeful and as optimistic as you know, we've been, there was always something in the back of my mind that was just like, what if Jokic just never comes out of this? And to now see him being aggressive, like he has to realize that even a bad shot in the post for him is a high percentage shot. Like his touch is so good, even when he gets pushed out and he's kind of like flopping away, right. he still just tosses it in. So uh, it's it's been a really really welcome sight to see him just say like, okay, okay, all right, the fun and games is over. I'll play now.
4: And it is harder to, to just play through him, regardless of where he is on the floor, if he's not looking to the rim. I mean, teams just understand how to defend that. They're kind of just waiting for for Jamal or Gary to run a DHO. They know exactly what's coming. But now that when the ball is in Jokic's hands, you have to account for him maybe scoring, trying to score, it's obviously had a, a waterfall effect on this offense in a positive way.
2: Look, the other night, he's 10 for 22. Yep. And that, on paper, looks like a bad thing. You know, he's shot under 50% from the field, but... It was so great to see him miss two shots in a row and just go right back 100%. to 100%. It.
4: It's important for them. And it is I do think Jokic is largely right in in terms of his philosophy that look, it's not about me scoring a lot of points, it's about us playing the right way. But I think sometimes he takes that too far and he he fails to understand the way it affects the rest of the offense if he's not being himself. And so that's that's why the Nuggets are trending up right now. That Knicks game didn't look so pretty down the stretch, but I think this offense is getting closer and closer to where they need to be. Um, and obviously it all starts with him.
0: Um, I want it to be known that the reason we were talking about horses at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> was because of Nikola Jokic and the fact that, what was it, he plays a horse game where he can buy horses on his phone?
4: Yeah, I've, I've seen on his – yeah. I think I've seen <laughs> that him is purchasing why this
0: became a, a horse
4: with – Virtual currency,
2: (laughs) and then I said, "It's like if you took a horse girl from elementary school and brought her to the NBA, and made her a superstar."
4: If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't.
1: (laughs) Probably
0: that's where that conversation. That is some
1: inside reporting, man. I love that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm supposed to share those details. Witnessed him purchase a horse with virtual currency. This is not hearsay. This is not sources.
0: No, allegedly you Allegedly, say, allegedly. Not
1: that I'm allegedly. staring at his phone But if I
4: were Maybe I just caught No it is funny Some guys get You can just tell They're searching their names On Twitter right after the game Jokic has like a spinner Where he's playing his horse game <laughs> One He of has a kind. fidget spinner He does I swear to God In was. 2019 Yep Yep, he was used the other what a legend. I kind so of miss the mine. Those are fun. why. But I do love Jokic. There's been a really big development with Jokic this season and I I did go on that road trip on the northeast and I'm glad I did cuz I think it started then. He is beginning to hold you himself credit for this? Um yes. Okay. He is holding himself accountable and I think accountability is really huge with Jokic. He's unique in his temperament and and his approach. And so there's a lot of coddling, frankly, that's done for a guy who is a best player on a team. Um, But he, right now, he's lifting after games. He's in great shape, honestly. I think he's in as good shape as he's been, um, as good as the playoffs last year. He is talking to the media with a little more grace. We know he doesn't love it, but he's answering tough questions. He's taking responsibility. He's putting it on himself to be better. And the most important thing is, his coach was calling for him to shoot more and he just said fine and he did it and he met him in the middle. So is Jokic growing up, I think is is the big question around the Nuggets right now. Obviously that's the best thing for their long-term development.
0: And we talked about this last week but I think it is so big to remember that Jokic is still a kid. Like he's younger than most of us here at the table and so and he's been in this country for time. just a
4: handful of years. So he's acclimating to so much like let alone all the responsibilities that that are bestowed upon someone that we consider to be the best player out of, of a franchise. I mean, he's was still learning the language not that long ago. I mean, learning this culture. So to have all of this just kind of thrust upon him, I do think maybe he needs a longer leash than he's been given. Mm-hmm. And and I I don't think that we can just write off the possibility that, that he grows up into a much more mature player. I think maybe we're seeing that now.
0: And I also think it makes sense for fans to have uh, wanted that because they do see other players throughout the league who are younger, who can step up in that leadership role. But some everyone's different, it just takes time. I
3: I think it's become pretty clear that Denver's offense running through Jokic is how they're going to be the most successful. but. Can we give some credit to Will Barton, man? Oh, yeah. please! I'm so the glad. That ranked fifth by in the entire league, ranked fifth by ESPN's analytical stats. Yeah, that's. I mean, the guy has just been money night in and night out
4: for them.
0: He's, he's... at double figures. Um, the last during this homestand, he's this nice.
4: third leading scorer, second leading rebounder for a guy who's you know theoretically undersized on the wing. The most pleasant surprise has been his defense. He's been a positive, a. a plus plus defender that was an area in which he's been much maligned in the past and they were worried about starting some people were worried about them starting an undersized wing for 82 games it hasn't been a problem what I like the most from him offensively is his understanding of, of when he should have his foot on the gas pedal and when he should let up like he can score in, in bursts and in bunches but he gets accused sometimes of being a ball hog and he isn't he's a good passer he's a playmaker he understands when it's time to get other people going so you'll see him of late. He's hot to start a game. He's hot to start a third quarter, and then he kind of backs off and slides into that rebounding defensive mentality. He has been their most consistent player, their second best player. Um, Look, frankly, if a lot of fans had their way, he would not be on the team, and so I'm... Gonna victory lap that every chance I get. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's there's a- go ahead. there's certain times where you gotta give him the ball. Like in that Sixers game, he scored the first eleven points, yeah. and and it's not that he was taking all the shots. You spread the ball around, and it, no one's making it. You give it to the guy that's getting hot, and he killed it that first quarter.
4: And he also will just take it to the rack and get fouled, or sometimes like. I, I call it like a Kobe assist like he will just lay it up when there's two guys on him because yoke is in rebounding position Unmanned right and that's not necessarily a bad result So a, a word I use for Barton is willing when I think sometimes this offense stalls out and everyone's waiting for someone else to make a play
2: I think there do like an interesting social um, study done on Why this there's this aura around him that yeah. is so incorrect like I saw someone on Twitter be like, "Oh, it, it's just a matter of time before he goes back to like who he really is." And it's like, well, l- last year was the outlier on who Will Barton really is. And then there's uh, well, that's because he was hurt. Yeah, was it, uh, I, I, the announcer was saying like, "Yeah, it's crazy that he tried to pass there. Like he's never seen a shot he didn't like." It's like, right. where are these narratives even coming from on on Will Barton?
4: Right, who Will Barton is? Well, let's. This has been the best year of his career. 2 years ago was prior to this. This is who he was. He was right. a guy who was willing to playmake, a guy who was willing to rebound, a guy who will pass out of a shot, a guy who I think gets the ball to to Jokic um better than than Jamal or Gary. And that's obviously the most important thing when he's your best player. So I don't know if it was because he was coming off the bench and he is a capable scorer. He does have some kind of one-on-one like flair that people kind of yeah, just like, J.R. Smithed him. Yes, exactly. Early, early career, Early. And it Yeah, I mean, on the road, the Philly media, because he scored the first 11 points, and everyone's like, oh, this is classic Will Barton, you know? It's like, not really, really. though. <laughs> it's really not. This guy's always been a more complete player than he gets credit for, so very happy for him. Everyone should read Ken- Kendra Andrews' piece. It's on The Athletic. I know that's not the DNVR, but uh, a really good story on, on him and, and how he's handled. He was aware of how the fans felt and that people wanted him out, and I think sometimes we underestimate the impact that can have on an athlete. So that's worth checking out.
0: The Nuggets take on the Magic tomorrow. So we've got a double header, Avs and Nuggets tomorrow night. We'll ch- try and find TVs at the watch party to also have the Nuggets game on so we can be watching both. But then they play the Timberwolves. How do you think they're going to do?
4: Yeah, I think there should be two wins coming up. Um, obviously, they've got a near-scheduled loss now on the road against the Lakers after that. Yeah. No one's winning in L.A. right now. So... These two are are, are interesting. Uh, I guess you could say important. I have my eye on who's going to play against Orlando. I, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray's been banged up. He hasn't been himself. He he uh, quote tweeted a Wilson Chandler tweet about uh, understanding the importance of taking care of your body, and he said, I'm, I'm starting to see that now. Um, and This is a guy who's always soldiered through little nicks and knacks, but I think maybe he's reflecting on sometimes there's more value to knowing when to rest, when to stay healthy, and and going out at 100% rather than soldiering through this stuff, laboring through the season and never really – Kind of getting to where you need to be, so he could maybe use a rest, and I think they can beat this Magic team without him.
0: Do you think has it been cleared of Paul Millsap playing in either of these two games?
4: I don't. You know, the guys are at practice right now. Adam and Harrison I'm have to check in. I don't know about Millsap. Um, they're not too worried about it. D- to be honest, I do think his quad was hurting, but I also thought that was a convenient ex- excuse to get him some rest.
2: It's also been really nice seeing the way Jeremy Grant plays in that starting lineup.
4: Yeah, he's been he's been better. Um, nothing flashy, but. Again, he's not trying to do too much out there with that unit. Um, I, I just my my worry with him long term in that role is he's not a great rebounder. He's such a, a big leaper. He's got those long arms, but he gets moved off his spot pretty easily. And and you know Millsap is kind of underrated in that regard. So there is some drop off.
0: All right, I'm checking to see if Harrison or Adam have tweeted anything about Paul Millsap, but they haven't yet. So just check Twitter. Uh, you can follow Harrison at Harrison Wind. And Adam, I'm pretty sure at Adam Marta's, I just... Adam
4: it. underscore Marta's. And, Adam and underscore DNVR Mardis. underscore Nuggets, we'll keep you updated.
0: Exactly. Um, all right, well, it's going to be a busy day tomorrow, and if... What? I'll just
2: go back to Twitter real quick. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay, I, I thought uh, the Lions had just fired their coach, but they announced he'll be back. I was going to say, that's a storyline. But anyways.
0: Uh, this is the Denver sports podcast. Didn't the
2: Broncos play the Detroit Lions this
0: week? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, total biv is total biv. (laughs) Total Bev is giving the DMVR fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with the max discount applying up to $75 using the promo code DMVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Be sure to download that today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder, from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Don't let this offer pass you by order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 Or more with a max discount up to $75 better yet Don't leave the comfort of your own home And have it delivered So twitter I feel like Has been just it's twitter I guess just freaking out like they always Do um abs twitter was in a frenzy last night. And I feel like Broncos Twitter was also on a frenzy Sunday night after that loss to the Kansas city chiefs, 23 three on drew lock and him being the future after he played, he didn't have the best performance, but it was a snow game. The conditions it's arrowhead, the snow, all of it plays to it. And you were telling people you wrote a column about it, throw the tape out.
2: Yeah. uh, Well, and To go back to the the Twitter reaction and whatnot, I think it's actually similar to what Avs fans are feeling about the Blues. It's like, we can't beat this team, and this is a measuring stick game. Now, the difference there is that the Avs, if the measuring stick is here, the Avs are right here, whereas the Broncos are way down here right now. Um, I just – I think Von Miller is like a perfect microcosm of the way the fans felt. Um, When that game ended, I didn't have like any – emotions about it it's like ah, yeah that's probably what was most likely unsurprising. to happen. right but I think um, the fans really got their hopes up um, and the truth is is that there w- it would have been an incredible storyline you know so I think everyone wanted to will that story into happening oh Drew Locke goes into Arrowhead shows that you know the you know the changing of the guard it's, it's about to you know flip around the Broncos are gonna get their rightful place atop the AFC West starting today you know and, and moving on into next year And so, I think when the Broncos went out there and laid an egg, uh, it was just really tough for the fans. They've now lost nine consecutive games to the Chiefs. There was a time literally before those nine games that the Broncos were beating the Chiefs that many times in a row. So, uh, I just think that was tough. As for Drew Locke, it was... The worst scenario that can possibly happen to a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks are one and nine all time in December in Arrowhead stadium. Um, wow. That doesn't even count a blizzard happening. The offensive line was garbage on the day. They got no running game established. They never had a chance to get a running game established because they were trailing early. Uh, the time of possession was skewed the other way. It was just anything that, like if you could set up the worst possible game for a rookie, the, the wide receivers weren't catching the ball. Like everything went wrong, and it's just one of those things where you just say, "Okay, we have five games here as a sample size for Drew Lock. Just throw that one away. It's it's going to end up being an outlier. There's so many outlier, you know, so many things that had that went into that that were un, out of the ordinary. Just get rid of it. Now, the only thing that that matters about that game to me is how he bounces back. If he comes out here and lays an egg against the the Lions, then I'm going to be worried about you know, did his psyche get messed up by going home and blah blah blah. He d- those things don't worry me about Drew Locke from what I know of him. But now he goes from the worst possible scenario to maybe the best possible scenario. He comes home. It's going to be 60 degrees on Sunday in Denver. Uh, they're going up against a Lions team that just gave up 450 yards and four touchdowns to Jameis Winston. So it should be like a very big, stark difference between last game and this game. He should bounce back really strongly. And then we officially can just throw that tape out and forget about everything that happened in Kansas City.
0: I agree. Uh, Vaughn Miller's comments after the game were very – you would think after what this season has been, the team also gained so much hope thinking that they could go into Arrowhead and beat that team. Vaughn kept talking about, like, we're in the prime years. We're all in our prime years, and, like, this just sucks. And it, it it's does, I mean, not surprising the fan base then takes that and is like, yeah, it does suck.
2: It does suck. And for Vaughn Miller, it sucks a lot because he comes off of winning a Super Bowl MVP. Like, everything is just trending up, 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 up for him. And now he's never he hasn't even sniffed, like, an important game since then. And and as we learned in that season, his important games was where Vaughn plays his best. You know, he goes out in the Super Bowl, has multiple sacks, strip sack for a touchdown. Like, he played so well. And then all of a sudden, it's just, like, been straight down from there. And so, I think it's been really tough on him. And... If you go back and listen to like early season versions of this podcast, or the DNVR Broncos podcast, you'll hear that I said losing culture can take a toll, and it can teach guys to care less about each game. And a normal person, over time, will start to care less about each and every game. But Vaughn isn't like that. Vaughn wakes up on a Sunday morning and thinks, like, we're going to do it today. And he cares just about as much as he cared about this Kansas City game. That's like how much he cared about the AFC championship. You know, he's just wired in that way to care so much about every game. And this is what happens when you don't emotionally protect yourself. You get crushed because you lost in a game that you very well <laughs> should have lost.
0: Phillip Lindsay had seven carries on the day. I feel like everyone feels like he's been so underutilized. He's a Pro Bowl running back. When when are the Broncos going to fix that? When do you think – I know you can't really answer that, but what do you think is going on that they don't – they go to Royce Freeman, they go to these other guys instead of sticking with Phil?
2: Well, Phil still led the team in carries in that game, and so what, what you see there is that the Broncos got down early. They were playing catch-up against a team that they have no business playing catch-up against. Um, they kind of lost sight of their game plan. But even in that, Phil – is averaging 4.6 yards per carry in that game. Like, you got to get him the ball more. We, I feel like I've been saying this every single game Phil has played, like his entire career, going back mm-hmm. to when he was above. Give him the ball more. Um, the truth is, to me, the most obvious thing here is that the Broncos running game without Andy Janovich sucks. Um, he was out at the beginning of the season, they couldn't run the ball. He was there in the middle of the season, they started running the ball pretty well. You take him out again, and they can't run the ball at all. So it's actually a shame for him that he already got his contract extension because I think he could be walking in there right now saying, like, that, you know, Pro Bowl running back of yours isn't much without me. Uh, and, and it's not that cut and dry, but I think it, it, is, it makes a huge difference to have him out there. Last year Phil led uh, the league in yards before contact, meaning that they were blocking really well for him. This year he's fallen back way uh, a lot in that. So he's not getting the blocking. They're not committing to the running game. Uh, they're trailing in most games, which allow- allows them to uh, bail from it. But um, I don't think it's necessarily an indictment on the player that is Philip Lindsay. Is is
3: part of that just wanting to get reps for Drew Locke? Let's face it, the Broncos season at this point, it, they're not going to make the playoffs. Phil's a bit more of a known quantity to the organization, they don't need to see him do what he already does compared to giving lock lock those opportunities
2: maybe if it was a normal game i could buy into that but the fact is there's snow all over the ground they couldn't protect drew like it would have been a a a better game to feature phil and protect drew they did the opposite he ended up getting hit 10 times he's on his back all day so if that was the thought it was a bad one oops
0: (laughs) Um, since we're on the football topic, we had someone comment on the Periscope, you need a Philip Rivers bobblehead. Take that to Marcus Ware one off the table.
1: What? Why would we want a Philip Rivers bobblehead? Yeah, and not then they, the...
0: they just commented, filthy, filthy, filthy. So they're just a troll. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and then also that must I be one of
4: those scientists I was talking to Maybe. earlier. Yeah. I
0: also want to say shout out to the person whose Periscope name is Mayonnaise Chicken. That wow. made me laugh. my man. <laughs> That's
4: good. That's good. Also,
2: Philip Rivers is extremely
4: washed and needs
2: to retire as soon as possible.
4: Wow.
0: Okay.
4: Uh, I have a question about Drew Locke. How much of this uh, – obviously, it was such an outlier game, but also isn't there just – it's not uncommon for a, a quarterback to come in, play well a couple of games, and then defenses have a better understanding of who this guy is. You know what I mean? Is this sort of like a natural part of the, the path here?
2: I think he w- – I mean, he – We said it after the game the other day, like he had a ninety eight point seven QBR. He might never touch that again in his career. Like that was crazy. But I think you this was a mix of those things. Like he was gonna come back down to earth a little bit. People don't realize how good the Chiefs defense is playing. They had just made life miserable for Tom Brady. They made life miserable for Derek Carr the week before that. And your boy, Philip Rivers, threw four interceptions to them the week before (laughs) that. So your your boy. (laughs) So I think it was a mix of all that. He was going to come back to earth a little bit. Um, The conditions were awful. He had never played in a snow game like that in his life. It's just like all those things added together. It's actually, I think, kind of nice that it happened because it's like now you have two games to bounce back. Sure, You're going in. You're going to play the Lions and the Raiders both at home. So you got your bad game out of the way. Now go put, leave a good taste in everyone's mouth with these last two.
4: So your whole point is like it's not that this doesn't count, but until we see this be a part of a trend as opposed to something that just happened in a very understandable context, right? Exactly, it's not worth.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and it just w- it was so much. There was just so many negative factors going a- sure. uh, against him in that game. Sure. Well, well I, I mean, it comes. It comes <laughs> down to. I thought he carried the But Also, the offense. could be
0: the coolest pictures. Like, they're, the coolest pictures come from snow games. Just because and
2: Andre's like not on camera doesn't it mean you guys get cool, to get him. It feels cool, and then, then the I score is 3 to nothing.
4: In my mind, that's exactly um. how the hierarchy <laughs>
5: works. The, uh... I can shut all your mics. <laughs> so I, I could pull the hierarchy card real quick, Brendan. Brandon, I'll, I'll put you in line in a quick second. Don't you worry. I take my own. Um, no, I thought he really carried that offense, though. They wouldn't have converted a single third down. Again, he was very efficient on third and short, third and medium. They had no chance on third and long because the, the Chiefs defense was just smothering them at the line. And they couldn't create any separation at the line of scrimmage. So really, offensive line played terrible, running game played terrible, wide receivers couldn't get open, and we're dropping balls. To me, everyone's looking at this the wrong way. Really, Drew Locke carried this offense, and this could have been a much greater disaster than it was. So you know, that's uh, there's your optimist for you. That's good. Wide, re- re-
0: wide receivers dropping balls, I know. How Andre is so Italian. He
4: was that uh, was, yeah. was such <laughs> th- the th- hands. <laughs> I wish he was on camera. Bring him uh, over.
0: Non-surprising, but John Elway told KOA that they are thrilled Justin Simmons as a Bronco and they plan on keeping him as a Denver Bronco. How big is that for this defense?
2: Oh, uh, It's huge. I mean, we said it before the season, like, Vic Fangio's defense is so set up to highlight what Justin Simmons does well. It's a match made in heaven. Came in, it happened. We're just going to pretend like last week didn't happen for Justin Simmons because he played really bad. Uh, but every other game in the season, he's played really, really well. And he's been a standout, and the combination of Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, mm. very arguably, is the best uh, safety duo in the league. So, uh, those guys working together for the next three or three years or so is going to be really awesome.
5: Still got I a brilliant d- interception in that game too.
2: He did, but
3: other that than that, it wasn't very pretty. Interception. Yeah, it wasn't. Great. I like to keep my football takes simple. Drew Locke in a town with a golden sun, two and zero. Oh. Drew Lock in a town where he's a true son, 0 oh
2: and 1. Mm. Mm. True. Golden son, greater sign. Wow.
0: Uh, I'm really sad that that's going to be a bit from that's,
2: forever. <laughs> I, I had already forgotten about it. I appreciate you bringing that back. I got Rudo.
0: you. Rudo.
4: Stats. It's Rudo's birthday. He can do whatever, uh, whatever
0: yeah, he wants. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, speaking of Drew, we're going to transition to our Drew. Because Why? there's Who? some baseball talk. The Rockies were at winter meetings.
1: <laughs> Tell me some things. The Rockies attended a thing. <laughs> uh, not not according to Twitter, they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's just tw- Twitter's. Twitter's been, been on one this it's, week.
1: It's been a rough week in Colorado sports social media land. Yeah, no, the Rockies really didn't do much at winter meetings. Technically, they did add a guy to the 40-man roster, a right-handed reliever who's... Got some interesting promise, but also some red flags, so it's not getting anyone super excited. Not a name anybody listening to this <laughs> would know. Um, not a name that most baseball fans would know. Uh, but it's Tyler Kinley, if anyone cares. <laughs> <laughs> that's But that's literally the only thing they did. So naturally... Inley Jansen? <laughs> yeah, right? If only. Uh, and uh, of course, there, there's been a lot of movement in Major League Baseball, and so... Rockies fans are are definitely feeling like the boy at the prom that nobody's dancing with right now. It's just like and you and should I hit up the horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> say what's <laughs> up. Say what's <laughs> up. Uh, and 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 I totally get it. I do think that this was one obviously coming, so it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. As frustrating as it may or may not be, uh, we knew they weren't making any big moves. They told us they weren't going to make any mm-hmm. big moves. Uh, This is exactly the kind of, you know, waiting to see what comes out at the end of the offseason. I do still think they're going to do some things, but it's just been really bizarre to watch like Madison Baumgartner go to the Diamondbacks now, which is really freaking people out, which for me was like, what a parallel move for both of those entities. Uh, And now the Giants are just that much more terrible. Uh, The Dodgers also have done nothing and have missed out on a lot of things, which is, of course, a completely different story because they're the class of the division. Uh, But it's been really interesting to see uh, the way in which it has been codified that the Rockies are what they most recently were and are not what they were for the two years before that with largely the same group of people. And it's really interesting that – it does seem to be the consensus now that 2017 and 2018 were just fluke, just good luck. Rockies just got lucky and this is who they really are now. And so the fact that they aren't buying in free agency means that they are doomed to have the exact same kind of season. Uh, You know, I, I wrote a big article just yesterday about all these guys in the bullpen who are going to be key players and for example, their second most important reliever is a guy named Jairo Diaz, who's not somebody that most people know, but also has the potential to be extraordinarily good. And so it's difficult for me to read th- these analysis from people that don't know who that is, <laughs> talking about how the Rockies have no shot because of how terrible their pitching was when other guys had jairo diaz's job sure it's his job now right and so there's a lot of weird and brendan and i were talking about this with regards to the nuggets before we come on here where you you feel like your team has to get better so the only way to do that is to go get something that's not on your team right now and make it better and when i write about 25 year olds coming into their prime and figuring it out and having grown at altitude uh, the main response i get is you can't just hope for things to get better right and it's this really weird place that the rockies are stuck in where i get why there's so much anger at their main mission statement right now which is we have a lot of players who played poorly in 2019 who have to play well in 2020 i get why generally speaking that makes it you feel like gm is blaming the players but go down the list of players I mean, we don't have time to do that on this podcast. That's what I do on DNVR Rockies. But you can just, I mean, you can go down the list of players. They're not making it up. Kyle Freeland has to pitch better. Right. Mm -hmm. Wade Davis has to pitch better. And he's not the closer anymore. But those guys have to perform better. It's not unreasonable to think that a slew of 25-year-olds named Tapia, Garrett Hampson, David Dahl, Ryan McMahon, again, Players who aren't mentioned in any national writing about this team—they don't know who Ryan McMahon is. They maybe know his name. It's a major factor on this team. You can't just ignore it. So, they're obviously not buying.
4: Are they no. selling? No. So they're. This is. So your your read is that they're comfortable running this back and hoping that that internal development, kind of kind of, and not even internal development, guys that were expected to produce last year that didn't just get getting back on the horse. Well, and
2: in most of those cases, those guys have a history of producing. It's right. not like they just pulled some guy off the street and we're like, well, that guy's, you know, Drew Kreisman has to be a better bet. We're hoping he's going to hit 300 this year.
1: Right. And, and that was the thing I wrote in the article yesterday. It's like they're not saying, oh, we're still counting on Brian Shaw and Jake McGee. Like those guys have clearly lost their roles on this team. Sure. Ian Desmond as well. And counting on Kyle Freeland is not insane. Counting on Wade Davis. you got to do it, honestly. You right. have no choice but to count on Kyle Freeland. Exactly. That's That just comes with the territory. And so, yeah, I, I think Brennan's a combination of the two things that you said. They think that the, both of those things are going to happen and that they get, they've got a minute here to run it back, to play some baseball, to see who these guys really are. You don't have to give up on Kyle Freeland right now. You don't have to give up on Wade Davis right now. Again, talk about a guy. This is a guy with a career 360 ERA or something like that. He's pitched almost 1,000 innings in Major League Baseball. He's been one of the best relievers in the game for almost a decade. And last year he has by far the worst season of his career. And everyone's given up on him apparently. And it's just really, really interesting to me that people don't see how many potential players on the 25 man roster should all be they're all in the upswings of their career charlie blackman is literally the only key player on this team who's passed his prime so you you've outlined the rationale and
4: and I'm, i'm hearing it i'm seeing it how realistic is it though
1: i mean they were so far off last year I honestly don't think it's that because I do think that there were two key players that torpedoed their season. And I keep mentioning both of their names for a reason. It's Kyle Freeland and Wade Davis. Wade Davis single handedly cost this team 12 games. And I mean, took them from the win column and put them into the loss (laughs) column by (laughs) himself. Uh, Right. And Kyle Freeland was their opening day starter, the guy who they were going to be handing the ball to the most often, who they were counting to be the anchor of their starting rotation, the most important fundamental element of a baseball team. And he pitched to an 850 ERA. He got absolutely destroyed. I think those two guys, more than any other factor, is what torpedoed their season. So I do think that you can mitigate the way Davis thing, He doesn't have to be great. He just has to be okay because you've replaced him with Scott Oberg and Jairo Diaz and Carlos Estevez. So if he can be a sixth or seventh inning guy, you've fixed that problem. So that's where I think it's realistic. Where it becomes less so is even after Freeland, there are some real questions in that rotation. But I, I do think that you get Freeland back to being a guy, not the 280 ERA, fourth and Cy Young voting that he was in 2018. You get him back to being a 450 ERA, which is like his career numbers the then the Rockies are right back into being in that group of teams that are all kind of contending for the wild card but yeah they're a mid-80s win team looking for a couple of breaks to go their way so that they can win 90. I would
2: say that that last year's outlier is so far like is as likely as happening again as the Rockies like winning the division like, that was so far off of what yeah. is normal. And that's kind of a frustrating thing about baseball as a whole. It happens on an individual level, but it also can happen for a team. Like, baseball, a guy like Chris Russon can just come out of nowhere, have right. an incredible season, then it's there for a year, and then it's gone. Right. And then the, the opposite can happen. A guy like Wade Davis, who is very solid throughout his career, can just pop up and have a terrible season, then come back the next year and be great again. Right.
1: But Montefino did it.
2: Right. The Rockies got caught in this weird cycle where, like, most of their guys were having that downswing and like you said two two massive pieces but like that was such an outlier that it's it's at, it's it was just as likely as all of those guys having the best seasons of their careers and the Rockies winning the
1: division. Exactly right like and the other thing that people I think really tend to forget is during this stretch when they were terrible. It's about a 68 game sample size. You got 400 games before that where the Rockies were the fourth best team in the national League. That many games, but now you've got this 68-game sample size where you're going, well, they were one of the worst teams in the National League, but also Nolan Arnato was hurt, and he was terrible. He played through it, kind of getting back to what Brendan was talking about, these guys, and that was one of the things he learned this year about taking care of his body. He probably should have sat out a week, which would have hurt him inside more than anything <laughs> has ever pained him because at that time, but he played, and again, this is crazy to think about, he continued to play because they were in it. The Rockies, through the trade deadline, still thought they had a chance to compete this last year, and their best player played through multiple injuries to the tune of the worst numbers of his career, by far, back to your how sustainable is that? Nolan's not going to have another month and a half stretch where he puts up a 75 WRC plus. Meanwhile, all of the starting pitchers on the team go down one by one like a stack of dominoes. Like this I just it is crazy to me that people think that is somehow more sustainable than this team they were from the beginning of 2017 through like May.
4: <laughs> yeah. I have a, another question. Diamondbacks signed Mad Bum. What how so, 1 to 10 how noteworthy is that in the division? Is is, is were we over the, the hill for him? Is he an impact free agent
1: signing at this point? He's. I mean, they're definitely better with him than they would have been without him. He's a good pitcher. He's maybe even still a great pitcher. He's not Mad Bum anymore. Sure. He'd have to have a, a hell of a rebound season to be back to the kind of guy he was before. But he's not better than Zach Granke, the guy they just traded away. Now, they do have Mad Bum and the prospects they got for him who aren't ready yet, but – As far as inside, because he moved from one team in the division where he beats you once every five days to another team in the division. The other thing is, if you're looking at it in a head-to-head matchup, it's not terrible news for the Rockies. They actually handle Madison Bumgarner quite well, especially at Coors Field. So this isn't
4: moving Arizona's needle too much, you don't think, as far as their ability to compete for that wild card or division?
2: Not
1: for me. Uh, Almost, I'm just not high on Arizona well, and they
2: kind of had the opposite last year right like they had a bunch of guys have career years to the point where they played way better than most people expected
1: pretty much their entire team had a career season last year and they traded away Zach Granke for prospects who aren't quite ready now again Mad Bum makes them better but over the course of 162 I, I don't think he's going to solve it and it'll be really interesting to see how he adapts from going to one of the most pitcher-friendly parks in baseball to one of the more hitter-friendly parks in baseball. Does
3: does that kind of situation play into this? Fans see teams like the Dodgers. They see teams like the Red Sox that they always go chase the next big thing. They can afford to chase the next big thing, and if it doesn't work out, fine. They can pay it off, go get the next guy. For teams like the Rockies, for teams like the Diamondbacks, if Bumgarner doesn't work out, are they stuck with that? And then what do you do? Exactly. it's a bit... It's not exactly an even playing field
1: in that regard. Uh, th-
2: baseball is the least even playing yeah.
1: field of yeah. all of the sports. And that's why uh, I wrote in the thing yesterday. I said it's funny to me because I, I keep seeing people use that old phrase, which I think comes from Alcoholics Anonymous, about doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is mm. the definition insanity. of insanity. Which it yeah. isn't, it, Right, that's not an actual <laughs> definition of insanity. <laughs> it's just a saying. Not
2: in the dictionary. I don't the, uh,
1: know. Do you guys aren't uh, scientists. Uh, But it's funny to me because then they use that to say, and and here the Rockies are not doing anything. They should go out and buy people in free agency to get better, particularly relievers. And I'm like, no, no, no. Going out and spending big money on relievers to fix your bullpen is that's the definition of insanity that we've offered here, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Like, the free agency market has never been kind to the colorado rockies and i know it's frustrating for fans but i'll say this they should never not ever and until the economics of baseball change be major players in free agency throughout the entire history of the colorado rockies their best players have either been grown by them or traded by them who are the great free agents jorge de la rosa who came for nothing because he was out of baseball if he hadn't shown up here Michael. Hello, Ketty. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while you get a hitter in the twilight of their career, show up, put up some numbers. But, like, that is it. And so it, it's amazing to me that people think the Rockies have to solve their problems through free agency. And it's like, that's literally never worked. Not once.
0: Um, This weekend I had, I had someone look me in the eyes and tell me, oh, my God, Ian Desmond is my favorite player in all of baseball.
1: Good for them.
2: <laughs> I love that. Well, you were, nice. in, you were in Washington, D.C. I was going to say, they love
0: it. I was in Washington, D.C., but he said oh, they do, in that all of baseball ever,
1: well, first Ian of Desmond. all, Ian Desmond is a wonderful human he, that's being. That's what I
0: responded. I said he's a very genuinely nice guy. And in Washington, was like, D.C., oh, he was also a
1: very good baseball player. He was a mm-hmm. multiple-time all-star. He and, and, and at the beginning of a franchise. So he was like the first kind of face of the franchise they were able to latch on This is our guy, like, for a while there. Because he, he could lead the team in all the categories. He was their leader in home runs and hits and all this stuff. Because, well, he was the first guy to, <laughs> to be there. But he was pretty good so when you're good and you're a great guy people love you when you you're overpaid and you're a great guy most people don't care
0: (laughs) i also had someone say oh who's that baby shark guy that came from the rockies oh boy the uh, Gerardo Barra's <laughs> legacy is right there. The Baby Shark guy. In Love a R- very
3: R- weird <laughs> roundabout way, the fact that Ian Desmond is someone's favorite player makes me feel better about the Rudo shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say
2: it was going to make you feel better about the fact that Baby Shark is your favorite song. <laughs> I feel fine about that. Just as is. I, I got no problem with that. No qualms.
0: All right. Well, before we move on, I'm going to have Drew read this question. Question thing oh, no. comment that we had on our podcast uh from last week. It's uh all about Drew. Drew what? What's Drew Chia. It? Drew Chia, and yeah, you just go. I for have to it. read this. Yep. It's a long oh, no. comment. It's a long comment. I was
1: gonna say the first one just says all Drews are good. Truer words have never been spoken. So I think that's for, the one. Thanks for yeah, we're good. I have to read this other one. Boy, oh boy, if I could time travel back to this morning when I was enjoying sweet Drew wordplay and no program-altering announcements had been made. I don't know if any of you watched Hey Arnold as a kid. Of course. Excellent transition, by the way. (laughs) But it was my favorite show and remarkably still holds up today. There is an episode in the first season where (laughs) Arnold hits Harold. I'm kind of disappointed he didn't come with the title of the episode, but it's fine. It's (laughs) fine. Uh, Arnold hits Harold with a baseball and Harold challenges him to a fight, leaving Arnold 24 hours to dwell on what is about to happen. The next day arrives and after thinking all night, Arnold realizes that he can't beat Harold in a fist fight and chooses to go crazy and beat himself up. Harold is too confused to actually fight and leaves before ever throwing a punch. Arnold realizes that acting unpredictably and outside of character, caught his opponent off guard, and he actually emerged the victor. There is an episode of 30 Rock. The transition (laughs) is immaculate in this. All right. Hold on to the Hey Arnold as we move into Tina Feyland, where Jack Donaghy relays a story to Liz Lemon about a time when he was trapped in an ice crevasse with a broken leg and, contrary to every instinct, had to climb down further into the crevasse to reach solid ground and ultimately free himself from the ice. He did something so unthinkable and against every common reaction and learned that sometimes that unthinkable action is actually the wisest choice. (laughs) Now, dear reader, I am sure you are wondering what relevance these two anecdotes have on anything to which I have to say you can't (laughs) lose your rivals if you orchestrate such a magnificent self-own. We truly are the guy tapping his head meme. Can't get clowned if you clown yourself first, bro. If nothing else, we finally tapped into that sweet, sweet Northeast recruiting market.
4: What oh. the hell? <laughs> no,
3: I'm with it. He's exactly right. All right, Avs have a 48-point season. Haven't missed the playoff since. Mm. So what, what was the
2: Northeast recruiting? Yeah,
0: what's the Northeast? I mean,
5: must be a Rams reference to the Adazio
2: hire. Drew's, are there more? I don't. Oh, okay. All right. Duly All right.
0: Unthinkable. Right. So he's a dude. They he's went, a fellow dude. He's saying
2: the Rams went down the crevasse to find solid ground. I mean, I spaced out on lots of those references.
5: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, same. But sure.
2: He's saying the Rams punched themselves in the face so Just that the Buffs couldn't do it. There you go. i okay. got it. Also, I'm with it. I'm with it.
4: No Hey Arnold stickers on official
5: Instagram. Official that's announcement, cool. Drew's world famous audio stories will now become video stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> hand movements
0: read. and everything. That was... Uh, Drew Chia, thanks for the very For creative, whatever that was. <laughs> uh, the
1: NPR. And
0: I'm glad that I made Drew read all of that because he, you did it better than any of us well, could have.
1: If you'd like me to read your inane connections between <laughs> random <laughs> television shows, please send them in to dnvr underscore, no, what is it? <laughs> just help at dnvr.com. Dnvr. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, send them all to
0: Andre.
3: <laughs> I'd like to see Andre and
2: Drew have a battle with those hand motions a little oh. bit. Oh, Drew uh, should, they have, should be on Cameo. call that shadow cameo. And then what? people can send you things that they want you to say.
4: Oh, oh yeah, well, people would send you like five bucks to like. Yeah, go get on Fiverr and just yeah. say whatever
3: people want you to say. Really, yeah. I can
2: do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow! <laughs> he Don't knows, tell Tricia You'll be after busy. this
0: podcast. Twenty nineteen <laughs> <Right>. rules. <laughs> as you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. All you got to do is take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. We got to talk about who won the week. More Drew talk, because Drew Locke, because dot dot dot. Well, you know dot dot dot. Got seventy percent of the votes. Damn, and won the week.
2: One percent off of sixty-nine.
0: Not nice. Anyways, (laughs) moving on. Um, Do I get? uh, You're uh, very close to big. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: actually kind of my goal. (laughs) Um, Do I get a uh, a grandstand?
0: No, later. Let me finish. Second place stop, was Ryan Graves because he has solidified himself as a consistent NHL defender. That got 28% of the votes, and 2% of the votes was optimism, joy, and fun because work, Adam Hartis couldn't think of anything to say for the Nuggets.
4: I'm ready to go this week. Though. Yeah, I'm ready to
2: roll.
0: And then D Drew Drew Kreisman also voting for Drew.
4: <laughs> Come on.
2: <laughs> What was it a smart play? To smart yeah. play. If you, hey, I, I want you punched you yourself in the face. <laughs> uh, right. No, there right. you go. <laughs> so no one else could do it <laughs> for you. Um, we got some comments
0: crevasse. on there. and the uh, We had someone say, I wanted to vote for Graves so bad, but there is no denying Drew Locke this week. Someone said, I voted Locke, but uh, Kareem Jackson should have been an option.
2: I only get to choose one.
0: Andrew Stephen, freaking Locke. Uh, Someone said, I voted against joy and optimism and put a Grinch (laughs) gif saying, hate, 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 double hate, loathe internally. Um, Entirely. Entirely. Can't read. Uh, Someone said, don't see an option for CSU hiring the best dude. Someone said, well, at least it's close. Be all day, Ryan Graves. Thanks for leaving your comments and for voting on the polls. Let's go with this
1: week. I voted for so Hope get my and, optimism and Joy. I was literally After one the of the song. 2% of people who <laughs> voted for that. That was the for sad what? time. Hope and Joy and uh, Optimism. Well, and with the way
0: Twitter was this week, and and no one wanted to vote no, for Hope and that Joy. It was a very
1: unpopular week for those concepts. <laughs> Colorado officially hates gravy.
0: Who did the most and who did the least? Who
2: was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek?
1: Let's see. Who won the week? No, no, I said what I needed to say. It was there. <laughs> Keen listeners will get the message.
0: Okay, Ryan, you get your 30 Ugh. seconds to talk about whatever you want. Let me pull up the timer because I'm okay, not I don't letting know. you go over.
2: I don't know why this has been on my mind this week. Hold but Essentially, on. since we've been talking about go. Twitter already, um, there's this weird thing going on on NFL Twitter where like, it's really awesome that we have people like Andre who want to evaluate film and go really like deep into the analysis. Uh, but I feel like it's created this weird hierarchy where like people who are, are like understanding the game at a higher level are looking down on these other people and like, oh, you don't get it, and I think we need to stop that. Um, I don't think fans should be expected to understand the intricacies of the game in that way. If they want to, they can read Andre's film rooms and learn from people like Matt McChesney, uh, the breakdowns that he, does, that he does, but I, I hate this like high horse thing where people are like, you can't comment on this because you don't understand. I think Preaching. we need to get rid of that.
4: Love
0: it. Time. you. I gave you six seconds because the ending was good. Because you liked what I had to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, Ryan, we'll let you go. Why do the Broncos win the week?
2: Whoa, I have to go first? Yep. Um, the Broncos win the week because now they get to look at a new version of Drew Lock. They get to understand how he responds back from adversity. And when you gave him just this small five-game sample size, you risked a, a lot of things not popping up this is a huge one for them to see how Drew Locke can go and respond to what wasn't a great game for him and the team and uh, kind of bring out uh, a different side of him that you weren't guaranteed Time. to see in a five-game
0: Time.
2: sample. The Drew-volution, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag oh new Oh,
0: drew Valu- I won't. I mean, Why? Think
2: you I think we can just go Drew Drevolution? Mm. With two V's mm-hmm. So none then it looks it. like uh, Zero percent With two Let's V's Let's not do definitely. anything yeah, Neither one's working let none one's of working. it I think None of it
0: No, no.
2: We're no. done
4: <laughs> Brendan Oh my turn Go The Denver Nuggets won the week Because Nikola Jokic is back What could be bigger mm. news To that team He's playing like himself He looks like he's having fun They're playing through him On offense But it goes back to I already let the cat Out of the bag a little bit But it's the bigger picture It's that he's growing up, accepting responsibility, holding himself accountable. I think he's finally ready to be the best player on a team. He knows he is, whether that matters to him or not.
0: All right. Now, enough about his
5: horse. Freemium app. Uh, 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 what about as what a about basketball yoke-ish. player? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know he's having fun there and everything. And he's on level. Standing 15. up as a leader, yeah. but on the court what's going on. I, get his I-, game I also
2: think um <coughs> he's embracing who he is a little bit more. Like the fact that he wore that gaming shirt. Yes. I thought that was pretty awesome. He I- doesn't feel like he has to be someone that he isn't. But he also
4: realizes that he has to be a dominant basketball player, and then he can also be whoever he wants off the court. You know how Joel Embiid says Jokic is his childhood hero and he really likes him? I think that's why, because all these stars are under the spotlight, and Jokic just gets to show up in that shirt, and he gets to do his own thing, you know? I I
0: agree. I do think that's why all these players, one of the reasons why all these players are like, Jokic is just doing him, and that's exactly what Joel Embiid said to Jokic. Um, Exactly. You could read his lips on that uh, post-game interview. He was just like, You do you. You keep doing you. Big honey, he won the week. Vote. All right. We should win. Who should go first? We'll do Rudo. Happy birthday, Rudo. I'll give you you. an extra ten seconds. Would you need him? Probably not. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll give it to you. Big Rudo energy. It's your birthday. When I go
3: forty seconds, I'll be thankful after the fact. All right, go. So I know I said it's not time for the goalie controversy to start yet, but Pavel Francouz still won the week because he had two dominant wins. Sure, they might not be the best teams in the world. He still won them. His overall save percentage is top five in the NHL right now. <laughs> wow. He's 7-0-1 with a no decision in his last nine starts. He has been more than the abs could have ever asked for him to be as their backup goaltender.
0: You didn't even need the extra seconds. You finished with twenty uh, twenty six seconds.
3: Only like nineteen more minutes to make up for how late I was. So we're getting there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Drew. Do you've got one for the Rockies? Are no. you choosing something else? The,
1: the who? Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lose. Go. I'm ready. Uh, the Avs did win the week, and no one's going to vote for this, but they won the week because they lost to the St. Louis Blues mm, because these. Tank are the moments that you come back on later. You say, we learned from that loss. We Mm. were embarrassed by that situation. We're really going to throw it back in these guys' faces. This is the chapter in your championship season where you say, we made sure we were never going to feel that way again. You come back, so it hurts right now. But that pain only makes the inevitable joy that comes at the end of the season that much more beautiful. As we all learned watching Hey Arnold growing up. <laughs> <laughs> punch yourself in the face just once or twice. Because later on, you'll not it's be getting punched it. in the face, and that'll feel really good.
3: If they punch themselves in the face, maybe they'll stop taking pucks to the face. That'd Ew, be nice. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, the fact Vote that, for him. Forget Frantos. That's the <laughs> better ads answer.
0: The fact that your head coach, Jared Bedner, is saying, let's knock on wood that no one gets hurt. He said that yeah. last week. He was like, let's knock on wood that we don't lose another player. Like, that's just how bad these injuries have been. All it doesn't help on. when
2: Blues players
3: are taking cheap shots. Just yeah, saying. that got a little dirty. It did. Uh, shout out Jared Bednar, though. He was for one quick second, he was 500 as an NHL coach again,
1: and then the Blues beat them.
3: So he'll get he'll
1: back. get there. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he'll be plenty over by the end of this season.
1: I you're eight so. one and one, and the one lights a fire under your ass. I think you're <laughs> in a decent spot. <laughs>
0: all right well that's all we've got for you guys this week be sure to go leave your comments on the or or questions on the under the the denver sports podcast post and go vote on the poll and you can leave questions on there too and subscribe to this feed that you are listening to which you actually may be listening to on the other sports teams go subscribe to the (laughs) denver sports podcast feed and i think that's it we'll see you guys next week
1: bye Wait,
0: shout out the watch party. Oh, and shout out to the watch party. Don't forget to come to the watch party. Yeah. Sports we'll column, 6 p.m.,
4: members who RSVP birthday, can win watching
0: the abs.
4: M- merch. And we're giving away beer to people who are RSVP as well. And Christmas.
0: tickets to the game, so tickets to a game. All right, we're signing off. Bye, guys. <laughs>